Hello, everybody, and welcome to the BusyDad.com podcast, a place for business dads to share advice, experiences, and stories of successes and failures as it relates to being a business owner, business professional, or an entrepreneur, all while still kicking ass in the dad game. We hope you like the show, and please subscribe to follow us to keep up with new episodes, and also be sure to check out BusyDad.com for merch, blogs, and much more. That's B-U-S-I-D-A-D dot com. Cheers. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Man, I, I cannot complain. Not even a little bit. We had a good Christmas, good New Year's. How, how was the holidays over there? Pretty good. A bit anticlimactical, but... um good nevertheless yeah we we... my parents over for dinner um but then as of uh tuesday we're back in national lockdown i saw that i saw that yeah yeah ours uh it's everything over here has been uh the exact opposite of anticlimactical it seems like every day when you think today can't be crazier than yesterday was uh you find out you're wrong it's been it's been wild over yeah but here. The, the the climax is a for all the wrong things yes absolutely <laughs> it's, it's been, it's over been, there and over here no no kidding uh well let me introduce you to everybody today we've got mr robert duran on the podcast 31 years old lives in plymouth uk has a digital marketing agency uh called condor media uk Robert comes from the world of playing in bands and making music videos where sleeping on floors during bootstrap tours was the norm. Now to running a six-figure digital marketing agency. He's a stepfather to four-year-old Eddie and seven-year-old Millie. So, uh, yeah, so we, we just did this a couple weeks ago, and due to technical errors on my side, uh, here we are again. So it's good to have you back on, and we're going to do – we'll consider uh, the last one as a, a practice run. So now we're, uh, we got this down. This is going to be professional this time. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, man. Shame so the first so, one wasn't, won't be heard by anyone, but – never yeah. mind <laughs> that's all right that's all right so hey so yeah t- talk about what's going on i saw uh, the uk you guys got like a new strand of corona or something that's got y'all completely locked down again what's going on with that there's supposedly a new strand apparently there's a second new strand as well i don't i try not to keep up with the news too much like i have an idea of what's going on but like my uh, one of my mentors, Taylor Welsh, talks about like if um, you're not auditing what your environment is, you're a victim of it. So um, I, I try not to take in the news too much because it's a, a lot of fear mongering, and also I think our government has done a really really poor job. Um, yeah, that's the UK fear. I think I think they can be said. I mean, I think they can be said across. You know across the ocean i mean a, a lot of those same feelings uh, are here you know there's a mm. lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of fear-mongering here in the united states as well and i think the general consensus is that our government has not done a good job with handling the response or the message or anything you know when it comes to to covid19 um especially with our media you know and I, i'm sure you've heard this term but fake media or fake news is a huge 
hugely popular term right now in the United States as far as just describing the general distrust of national media corporations. So it, it really doesn't help when, when you don't know who to trust. You know, you've yeah. got doctors saying one thing, you've got another doctor saying another thing, you've got scientists saying one thing, another scientist says, and I mean, there's everybody, everything's contradictory, you know. There's no. I was, I was talking to someone the other day about how it's come out that the BBC can't be trust, uh, trusted. Like, my mum has always been adamant that, like, it's great that we have an independent news broadcasting service and we pay our TV license so the BBC can be independent. Then it turns out that they were harboring paedophiles in the 70s and, like, they take bribes from the t Tory party. Like, and if the BBC can't be trusted, who can? I think right. it's important to understand that any media, a any media, even left-wing, right-wing, supposedly down the middle, they all have an, an agenda that they're pushing out. And if, as long as you can understand that, you take everything with a bit of a pinch of salt. Is your, is, 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 you said left-wing, right-wing. Is it very similar in the UK? Do you guys have a, a more liberal left side of, of your government and then a conservative right side y'all have you know how to explain that how it works over there well our two main parties are the labor party and the conservative party they're supposedly both centrist labor center left conservative center right and then we've got lunatics on either side um more so on the right wing i'd i'd, I'd say but I'd consider myself to be slightly more left than right. Um, and yeah, like over the past 10 years, the Conservative Party have gone further and further see, right. See, it's the opposite here. So we have, we have the left, which is the Democratic Party, and the right, which is the Republican Party. But there, there's no, there really is no centrist anymore. There's nothing, there's nobody it feels like and I could be wrong. This is just what it feels like. It feels like there's nobody willing to meet in the middle. There's nobody willing to cross the aisle to come up with any way to be centrist from either side. Everybody, it seems like, is either far left or far right with no willingness to meet in the middle about anything. And mm -hmm. the, the Democratic Party has by far gone to the extreme left more than the Republican Party has gone or the conservative side has but gone it's, conservative. It's just gone nuts in the States. Like it's it is gone crazy. You've got the is it the Speaker of Congress or whatever wants to the ban Speaker of the House. Mother, father, son, daughter yes. or whatever. Yeah, they said and they want to change they want to change the end of prayers to our woman. Yes. Our men isn't men as in the gender it's a word on its own it's, it's latin it's a latin word uh, yeah. yeah it's crazy it is absolute insanity over here the but then you've also got trump who takes like a several days every time the like fascist right who are white people anytime they do anything bad he takes ages to condemn them right like, there's the like you said there's no in between like why that's it that's it. That there's, let's there's, keep there's normal no words like mother, father, son, daughter, and let's condemn people, whether they're black or white, for doing stupid shit. 
Agreed. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Call you know, call it as you see it. But yeah, it's 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 wild, man. And and I'm very centrist. And I'll I'll be you know my my lifetime is, is you know since I turned 18, I was raised as a Democrat, and voted Democrat, and uh, and have up until honestly last year. Uh, last year was the first. Well, this last uh, election cycle was the first time that I registered and voted as a Republican. And even still, I didn't. I, I didn't vote for Donald Trump, and it's not so much presidential issues like you know with uh, his his uh, his policies when it comes to the economy, things like that. I kind of did. You know, I did like a lot of the things that he's done in his presidency. It was more of a moral compass issue. My moral mm-hmm. compass did not allow me to to vote for someone who has said and done some of the things that he's done morally, as far as when it comes to when he. You know, with veterans, you know, he, he's lied uh, about a lot of the things he done about the veterans, you know, like the, the Veterans Care Act. He lied about have about what he did with it, uh, you know, with him mocking uh, disabled people and, and just the comments the that he's made. Thing that he did, wasn't it? Right. He, he mocked the reporter and then the comments that he made as far as, uh, uh, you know, the, the losers being buried, you know, it's just there was just a lot of things, you know, he's just he's a bully. You know, that's, and that's just that's all it comes down to. You know, when I when I was a kid, I was very I was bullied. You know, and I I know what it's like to have somebody say the things to you that he says and does to some of the people. So my moral compass could not line up with his. However, I will say, uh, economically and some of the things that he has done as far as foreign policy, I 100% support what he did, and I think he did a wonderful job in some of those aspects and in some of his policies. But I did not. I definitely don't vote Democrat anymore because it seems like there is no Democrat that is just wanting to focus on the issues. It's all bullshit. All they mm. care about is stupid. Like what you were talking about. It's just stupid shit that doesn't matter. It's mm. Amen. It's a Latin word at the end of a prayer. It's not gender specific. And if the fact that you literally your entire party, that's what you care about. And there's there's nothing else. There's nothing else that comes from that side of the aisle, other than redefining gender roles, trying to make this inexplicable equality that it's doesn't. It's crazy. A woman yeah. ran for president the last election cycle. You know, if you really feel like you're still that oppressed that you have to a men and a women, or that there's a gender balance so far off that we have that that is important, then. I think you're crazy. <laughs> you know my my philosophy that I came up with not like a couple months ago. Let's hear it. So I I realised about myself that I'm I think I'm quite centrist, but not in the traditional way of taking bits of either side and trying to mash them together. Yeah. The way if I, if I had a utopia that I could build, maybe like on Minecraft or whatever, or The Sims, I would have a base layer of socialism. So everyone gets looked after. Everyone has a universal income. There's universal housing. Everyone gets looked after. They're all right. Nobody has to worry about whether they're going to starve to death. You know what I mean? Then on top of that, there's... You can then go into capitalism. So everyone, everyone's fine. They're all sorted. The ones who want to be entrepreneurial can then 
do whatever they want in a free market. And in that respect, so you keep business at like out of politics. The politics is actually about the people. Right. And then, but business mm. is allowed to prosper. Also. See, the biggest then the biggest problem that a lot of people have with uh, the baseline, uh, you know, income for all and things like that is that governments are not they don't produce goods. There's there's no revenue generated from the government itself. All the money that the government gets is from taxpayers. So mm. when you start talking but about in, like in this country right now, people say to me as a business owner, like, oh, do you do all that like stuff where you pay as little tax as possible i'm like yeah of course i do because whilst our country's suffering because our government can't deal with coronavirus properly and they've done a shit job of doing brexit boris johnson's getting his private jet repainted for a million quid like they're completely irresponsible with the tax if tax was taken and dealt with responsibly yeah like um there's a there's a german um comedian who's on tv here a lot i think it's called herman something can't remember his full name but he says like in germany they don't really have charities because people pay their taxes and it's used for the what it's meant to be used for not lining the pockets of politicians and their friends yeah and and that's a and that's and that's the big thing here is that when you start talking about income for all health care for all and things like that those type of socialist programs the taxpayers hear that as, I have to pay for that. I, and, and, you know, with blue-collar America, especially in the South where I live, when you start talking about programs like that, people that, that work in factories and people that, that work in hospitals or just or the working population in general, they see that as, I have to go to work, I put in 40, 50, 60 hours a week so that a portion of the money that I worked and earned goes for somebody else to sit at home and collect money. And so they have. But the irony there is that you guys have private medical insurance, right? Yes. Yeah. So you pay. You'd probably end up paying less if you had a um, a national health service that was for all, instead of a for-profit insurance scheme. Right. And the four. The one thing that (laughs) that I've never, and I believe they're the biggest, the the most corrupt part of our society is insurance companies uh, and and I wholeheartedly believe that there's no reason that that it should cost what it costs to have a hospital stay or to go to you know like to have a baby I think it's like sixty thousand dollars to have a baby there's no I mean there's there's no way and I've seen some of the itemized like I've seen some itemized hospital bills whenever my children were born and they're charging like three hundred and fifty dollars for a couple of Tylenol like uh, there's just there's so much inflation there and it's all because of the insurance companies i mean if if we didn't have privatized insurance where people were making profit off of the sick which legally the only way to do that is through insurance the only way to profit off of the sick is through the insurance companies and if we didn't have that privatized i agree with you that healthcare would be much more affordable uh, whether it was you know a socialist program or not, whether it was healthcare for all or it was, I, I don't know. I, I'm not educated enough on this to really mm. know what the solution is. I know that what we have is broken, and I know there's got to be a, way, a better way to do it. That I, that's what I do know, and and you know, and I actually use 
I don't have private health care. I have a, I, I use the VA. You know, I'm, I'm a disabled veteran, so I actually have uh, health insurance provided to me through the, the Veterans uh, Veterans Affairs uh, Clinic. So I use free health care. It's not great, <laughs> but I mean, it's free, so I can't really complain. Mm. But well, uh, That's the thing, though, with the National Health Service in the UK. It was the best in the world. But because we have a right-wing conservative government, they have been chipping away, selling parts of it off, like um, making it look bad in the public eye. And eventually, and it's a fairly well-known fact that eventually they're going to go, oh, look, the NHS doesn't work. It's so bad that we should go to a privatised insurance-based system. And all people vote for that when they did have the best free national health service in the world. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know, man. Politics. It's crazy on both sides. Well, let's let's uh let's get let's let's talk about the business. Uh Condor Media, man. Uh tell us about what you do, uh what your what your agency is, how'd you get started? Let's let's hear your story about uh going from a musician to uh running a six-figure digital marketing agency. So we're a full-service digital marketing agency. We do web design, um, WordPress websites, um, SEO, Facebook ads, and Google ads. Um, all pretty standard stuff. I'd like to think we're pretty good at what we do. Um, we have my biggest client at the moment is in the States, and they're very happy with the service uh, that we've been providing. Um, and my story, um, I used to play bands, as I said. Uh, I used to make music videos. Uh, my degree is in film. If you are showing this video, this poster behind me here is from a, a still frame from a film that I won um, an award for. Was that a music but, video or was that like an independent film? or? It was a, like a short independent. It was for my graduation film so i won best undergraduate drama at the british no royal television society awards 2014 for that which blew my mind because it was just me and luke who was in it um just having a laugh basically we did it as a partnership he wrote the score uh and performed all the music on it um i wrote the script shot the film and edited everything um and then we won this award for it which is i was like what i was just having fun with my mate <laughs> but um yeah like i've always wanted to be able to do something for myself um i vehemently hated being an employee of companies uh, it just got to the point where like i needed to find something that was gonna earn me a decent amount of money give me the freedom to be able to do what I want and to go wherever I want and um, making music videos and trying to make it in the music business as a performer just wasn't doing that. So um, I started a, a digital marketing agency in 20, it was 2017 or 2018 um, with a business partner. He turned out to be a waste of space. And now I have Condor Media UK, which is uh, under my name solely. Awesome. Why digital marketing? What, what, what was it about digital marketing that made you decide that, okay, that's, that's it. 
that's that's my future so i went to budapest whilst i was i was living in london at the time working at a um a post-production house where they treated everyone like absolute dirt and during that time i went to budapest and i came back um knowing that i had to find something that i could charge a decent amount of money for that could be done from anywhere in the world and digital marketing is one of the best things to do um to fit those criteria it's as long as you can provide results you don't need to have a degree in it um and yeah the other things that work in that kind of way like drop shipping um and i wasn't kind of ready to try and build any sort of course or anything like that at all um so it just it just made sense yeah i think especially now i think especially now you know after the arrival of covid19 it seems like any type of business that deals with in person or face to face it just seems like is is really struggling and it's taking a hit but any kind of business or any kind of work that you can do remotely from behind a computer or with a phone definitely seems to be uh, the way to go especially if it's a service that you can provide uh, that is mutually beneficial for all parties involved like digital marketing you know and there's and uh, so I, I just got certified I just got my have you have you ever done the Google digital garage uh, certification for my, my girlfriend's doing it as, yeah. as we speak yeah so I just finished mine because that's that's my next venture is uh, getting into the digital marketing and uh, social media management world and uh, and started diving into this and there's so much stuff out there and there's a lot of bullshit in the digital marketing world when you start you know facebook the algorithms you know people when they run these targeted ads and you start to to look at this stuff my facebook feed is nothing but digital marketing stuff now that's all that it is and it can be anything from legitimate you know software like like i've got this uh software uh that I use like Pipeline Pro for sales tracking. So I found that software through it. But then there's a lot of bullshit. Like for $29 a month, we'll handle your social media ads or for, you know, all these courses and white, and it's just, it, it just floods it. So there's a lot of crap out there that can take, that can, that can take people's money. But the legitimate digital marketing is is the real deal because when you when like condor media i'm sure your customer that you have here in the states has seen an roi on their on their their service with you that is fantastic because i've i've seen it i've seen you know when when you look at you know 80 percent of all new business comes from google comes from google searches or search engines well if you don't if you're on page three or page four and you're not getting ranked, you're not getting reviews, you're not getting that digital presence, that, that proper, having a good website and proper SEO management brings, then you are losing a massive amount of business, especially but if you're B2C. Do you know the um, the SEO joke? No, I don't. Did, I'm, did I not tell you this last time? I don't remember. You might have. I've, I've, yeah, uh, I've, well, I've had a lot of things. We had holidays, <laughs> and I, I had drank a lot of whiskey since the last time we talked. 
<laughs> well, the the joke with SEO is, oh my god, we've just killed someone. We've got a dead body. Where should we hide it? Page three of Google. Yeah, that's that's it. And it's true. Um, 91.5% of market share goes to the first page of a Google search. The other 8.5% is mostly on the second page. Anything third page or further back, you're not. It's done. You're, you're losing out. Right. And a lot of, and you know, and a lot of local small businesses, they don't understand how Google My Business works. They don't understand uh, how Google Analytics works and how to get Google Analytics integrated into their website so that they can get the proper tracking and and feedback on on things like that. And that's where companies like Condor Media uh, and legitimate digital marketing agencies can come in and say, "Hey, here's my price, and I understand, you know, you know, it, it's it's a price." And a lot of people, they might hear, you know, because a legitimate digital marketing agency you're, you're, is a premium. You're not going to be something that's, oh, yeah, $29 a month. No, I mean, you got to pay for the service. But when you pay for the service, the results speak for themselves. Because I've seen and it. It's, it's what you add along with what is the surface offering as well. Like, you can, you can get people in the Philippines to run Facebook ads for you for £3 an hour, you know? But if you have a deal with what I would like, what I would identify as a legitimate business who's also offering uh, like consultancy within the service, it pays dividends because like with uh, my client in Florida who also have, well, we're running uh, ads for them also in Houston. I jump on a call every two weeks with their marketing manager and we just, go through things that aren't even like part of what we're doing like you like all sorts of different strategies and like giving them ideas and whatnot so right it's very easy to go ah oh, i think i know everything i need to know i'm going to get someone to do it on the cheap yeah in, like i said in the philippines but then you're not utilizing the ex expertise of uh, an expert right but and but you also got to look at it from the aspect too is there's so it's hard to know everything that there is to know in the entire world of digital marketing and media management you know when you talk about SEO and Facebook and and LinkedIn and Google My Business Google Analytics Bing there's so much stuff out there uh, that it feels like if you try to take it all on by yourself or you don't have a good team or a team of contractors even to contract out some work, then you're going to kind of deliver a haphazard product. So, I mean, you have, you actually contract out some of, some of your management. Uh, yep. So what, what specifically do you like to handle and what have you found it easier to contract out to somebody that specializes in that area of expertise? Um, I actually really enjoy the website design side of things um, and also I keep my finger in the, the pies with Facebook ads um, just because that's how I got into digital marketing and then um, I've, I have a team who work on the Google ads and SEO and I don't really touch that with my personality type if I get too involved I'll, I'll end up getting too involved right. you know what i mean once your hands um, are on it then then it's your it's yours now exactly so like 
with the Facebook ad side of things, I I have more involvement with that, but also I have the team members keep the optimization going. Um, and then yeah, the, the Google Ads and SEO, I don't really I, I sign stuff off, but um, I don't really have much involvement on that side. Yeah, and that's that's the most complicated. That that is the most intricate is the the SEO, the rankings, and things like that. And, and if you really, and there's people, there's people that have been doing it for 20 years, you know, for as long as Google and, and for search engines have been around studying these algorithms. So there's a lot of people out there that you can contract with that can really, really benefit uh, what you do. One of the things that, uh, that, that I've noticed in my journey uh, getting into this, this digital marketing arena is there's there's a lot of digital marketing agencies that are just across the board. And then there's a lot that, that say to, to be successful and to bring your client uh, the results that they need, you need to be niche based. So how, how do you approach it? Are you across the board or do you have a specific niche that you have found that you can benefit? Uh, talk about that. Well, we've worked with all, all sorts of different businesses. Um, it's an odd one, the whole. Uh, I, I like. It's funny that you say niche. I was talking to a Canadian uh, lady yesterday, um, and obviously that she's like French Canadian, so she says niche. We yeah. say niche because we're so close to France. Right. Um, so I'm going to continue saying niche. That's I okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, niching downs like um, it's an odd one, because in a lot of ways it makes sense for targeting, but also. In other ways, like it shuts down your opportunities with a lot of other things. So it limits the playing field. Yeah, I think if, if you're going after a certain market, get your messaging right for that niche, but don't be married to it. Like be able to move on from that if, uh, if you feel like your results in terms of client acquisition are slowing down. Um, have you heard of Sabri Subi and King Kong, Australian um, agency? I've heard of King Kong. They're are, they're supposed to be one of the biggest digital marketing agencies on the planet, right? Well, he they've worked in four hundred and sixteen, I think, industries. Yeah. And I was I was watching a video of um, him on YouTube explaining like if you're looking to build like a digital marketing empire, as he has, like being generalist in the way that you take on clients from all sorts of industries, but experts because you're so good at marketing, you can market in any industry is the way to go. If you're just looking to have like a, a little lifestyle business where you bring in 10, 20 K a month and you get to travel the world whilst not <laughs> working too much, right? then being re really specific, with a niche and taking on a few clients within that sector is another way to go. All depends. Like It's like when you talk to a client and you say, they're like, how much is it going to cost? And you're like, completely depends on what you want to achieve. Same thing with niching down as a digital marketing agency, depends how you want it to go. Um, I wouldn't say that we have a specific niche. Um, but there are certain things like I we 
have our best results with high ticket home improvement um, essentially so like solar um, outdoor kitchens luxury fireplaces things like that okay I was that's what I was gonna ask is what what market or what industry uh, you guys kind of had your your foot in uh, as far as uh, the market share there's there's a lot like I know uh, the medical field I've seen a lot of doctors offices dentist offices therap- uh, therapists things like that that uh, that have really looked towards uh, digital marketing and getting a stronger footprint on search engines and things like that uh, to because that's 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 high ticket you know those those are mm. those are those are their their clientele are are high ticket sales so the the value of each person that they get to walk through their door is higher than that of like a coffee shop you know a coffee shop the value of each person that walks through the door might be five or ten dollars whereas you know uh, a therapist office might be a hundred and fifty dollars you know value for each person that walks through the door so I've, I've found that those types of clients typically are the ones that are more able to pay for the good uh, presence online the good online presence a strong online presence and good digital marketing services because their return on it is going to be much higher than someone that has more smaller scale sales is that yeah. is that kind of what you what you've experienced totally, totally. and like I, i've kind of touched on before like the other business model that I, I looked into before going all all in with digital marketing was like drop shipping right but then when you look at low ticket sales like selling stuff for five ten pounds or dollars or whatever you have to sell so many to make it worthwhile whereas like with um, my client in, in Florida, um, so the, the Facebook ads we're running for them are for outdoor kitchens, and their average purchase is nine grand, $9,000. So, like, they can, they're really happy with like leads that cost between $35 and $40, as long as they're good quality. Whereas, like, if you've got a lead, or even if your cost per acquisition is in a sale on a five to ten dollar product is thirty five dollars, you're way in the red. Yeah. So like it ta- working high ticket takes a lot of pressure off from our side. Um, and you can produce really good results without the pressure of there being such slim margins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh well, let's talk about, I mean, so, so obviously that's, that's a lesson that you learn. I mean, so let's talk about lessons learned and, and what, you know, the challenges of, of starting this to go from a musician that was traveling and touring and making music videos to deciding, okay, digital marketing, that's the direction I'm going to go. Uh, what, what were some of your challenges, things that you had to learn the hard way getting into the industry and getting into the business? And then what, what did you find came easy for you? My adult life has been learning things the hard way. Um, but I have realized like in the past year or so, like my, my uh, up till 30 or so was pretty much just an extended childhood with booze thrown in. But now I'm like really looking after myself mentally. I've, had I had my dental implants when we spoke last? Uh, I don't know. If we did, we didn't talk about it. My two front teeth are false and I'm after 
15 years of having a bridge piece and finally getting implants. Um, so like you said, high ticket, they weren't cheap. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> healing nicely. Yeah, co- um, co- cosmetic, cosmetic elective surgeries, that's a great niche to, to sell some digital marketing services to. Exactly. But like um, the, the biggest thing that I've learned is to, that I've, I have to get out of my own way. There was a lot that I had to learn in terms of business, like setting up a company, getting an accountant, making sure your taxes are paid in the correct way and all, all this stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of mindset, a lot of mindset stuff. Like you have to have absolute belief that your business is going to succeed. And if you don't have that belief in yourself and the business that you've chosen to do, it, it won't. So getting over like limiting beliefs has been a massive thing. Um, and then looking after myself, um, those, that's the hardest thing. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So, uh, it's, uh, there's a, there's a, I guess it's called a philosophy or a theory. Uh, it's called the law of attraction. And I, I'm a strong, strong believer in the law of attraction, which basically just says what you put your time and energy and thoughts into will come to you. So if you think positive and you think, you know, with a winning attitude, I can't achieve these things. Here's what I'm going to do. You set goals and you constantly put your energy into those positive things. Then through hard work, they will come. But if you focus on the negative, if you wake up like, you know, you have a loser's attitude, like this sucks and you have excuses and, and blame and pointing fingers, then there's always going, you're always going to find a reason uh, to point yeah. a finger or to have an excuse or the, to the reason why you're not succeeding. And I'm a firm believer in that. And that's one of the things that I try to do. You know, and one of my goals for early, you know, for this month, really, I'm, I'm going to try to get it done next week. Something that I don't currently do, I want to do a vision board. I want to have something that every morning I get up, uh, and not, not so much a board, maybe a notebook. Like, I want to get up and I want to write <laughs> something that I want to accomplish. And at the end of the day, I want to write what I did accomplish, what I'm proud of, things like that. There's mine. Absolutely. Morning formula. There's the pictures for the vision boards was that fight club too much was that fight club Club. (laughs) and then like so we've got the uh vision map so you read through this you've got a board of like things you want to do achieve have etc right you've got rules um so how you want like how what the rules you need to live by to be the best person you can be principles First one's my favorite. There's let everything you own and convey. No, let everything you do and own convey an image of importance. Own a first class car, carry first class luggage, go to first class restaurants and shop in first class stores. And like my my parents instilled um, like scarcity into me massively. This is what I mean with mindset. So like reading through that every morning is getting rid of my scarcity mindset that I was brought up with. Right. And there's a bunch of affirmations. And yeah. Yeah. I'll see, go through that every morning. And then I'll, um, and then I do the 15 minutes of uh, priming with Tony Robbins. It's like an audio thing. 
But yeah, completely what you say, like with the law of attraction, Tony Robbins talks about it, where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. And in and, um in his personal power two program, he talks about how like if you're at a party, whatever you focus on during that night is how you feel the takeaway feeling you'll have for the whole party. But you weren't at the whole party because you can't be everywhere at once. There's always something bad to focus on in life. Like anyone, even people with like the most money in the world, Jeff Bezos, he ended up getting divorced. He had bad shit going on, didn't he? You know what I mean? So if you focus on that, you're going to be, you're not going to feel good. Whereas if you come from a, a mindset of abundance and gratitude, focus on the good in life and focus on where you want to go success is like guaranteed have you ever looked at the like the science behind the law of attraction and i haven't i haven't really looked at the science behind it but i've seen there's a book that they turned into a movie uh the secret the secret that's it i I want and that was i've seen it (laughs) that's what that's what turned me on to it was i watched the secret and there's a lot of bullshit in that movie like there's a lot of fluff there's a lot (laughs) Like, but you can tell who the real people are. Like, when you hear the, like, you'll, there'll be a ph- philosopher or whatever talking about some of this stuff. And you can, you know, talk about, they'll talk about deja vu, how, like, when you go somewhere and you think, you know, what if I see this person? Or if you're thinking about somebody on your mind a lot lately, then you just happen to run into that person. Or if you're thinking about something you're going to see or something that might happen, and then it always happens. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of real world evidence of that being the case. But then you've got some of these guys on there that like, they'll be, well, if you think about, I want a hundred thousand dollar car and every day you wake up and say, I'm going to buy this Ferrari every day. Then guess what? In 30 days, you're going to buy that Ferrari. And I'm like, okay, well that's bullshit. Like this is somebody that just wanted to be on TV. Uh, and, and I don't so much believe in that, but what I, what I'm trying to apply it towards is the quality of life. I've got a lot of things that I've learned. I've only been in this, small business entrepreneurial world for a couple of years. And one of the things I've, I've learned about myself is one, I focused, uh, excuse me, I focused too much on uh, the financial success, more of feeling personal success. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then that indirectly or probably well, actually directly led me to some mismanagement of, of some of the financial things uh, in the in the business, and what I mean by that is, it became more of how much money can I make this month, and less of how do I feel about what I'm doing, how happy am I, and I would get to where I would stress and I couldn't sleep because we achieve we would achieve a level of success. You know, if we had a, a, a twenty thousand dollar month, then that became okay this is it. And then if the next month we didn't meet that goal, then it became, okay, well, we're living, you know, our lifestyle has become adjusted to making these financial numbers. Now we're not making these financial numbers. Now I'm stressed. Now I can't eat. Now I can't sleep. We, and, and it became to where we were living to meet these numbers instead of letting the numbers allow us to live. And, and, uh, it, it brought a lot of stress into, into my life. So, my goal for this year, when I talk about the vision board, is to be personally successful. I want my children to have a comf- to be to see that dad is. I want daddy to be happy. I want my kids to see that dad is happy, mom is happy, my relationship to be strong, 
that we feel a sense of accomplishment in the way that our personal life is, not so much off of how much money the businesses are bringing in. And it was been 2020 was a real hard year for that because of COVID. And, and I used COVID as an excuse for a long time because we did finance, we took a huge financial blow due to COVID. We had to shut our business down, you know, for several months. Mm. And, and I, I let it consume me. I let that consume me to the point to where I was starting to have an excuse for everything. And then I started to realize that that's not, that's not what an entrepreneur does. That's not what, a, that's not what successful people do. That's not what having a winning attitude is about. And, and the only way out of that is to change your mindset and is to find ways to focus more on positive and what you want out of life than the negative. And you know, and I've, I've got a mantra and I've got it up here on this above my whiteboard. I've got it on a plaque. Uh, and, and my mantra in life is to work hard, play harder, be a good friend and a better dad. And that, and that is, I live by that. that and that, that's, I've got it printed. I've got it on that board because I need to remind myself because it's real easy to forget. It's real easy, you know, to get caught up and what's going on around you and forget about what's really important. And, and 2020 was that year for me, 2020, I got so caught up in everything that was going on around me that I forgot about what was really most important, which is the health and the happiness of my relationships with my friends and my family, my kids. And the fact that we do have a good life. We have a comfortable life. And when there's valleys, there's hills, there's dark, there's light, there's good days, there's bad days. But if you focus more on the good, you will have more good days. And if you focus more on the negative, you're going to have more bad days. So that's where this vision board for me is a step in that direction. I want to make sure that every day I reaffirm to myself why I'm doing this, why I'm working long hours, why I put in 14, 16 hour days. And this podcast is part of that. Part of the reason why I started this Busy Dad podcast is to talk to individuals like yourself that are inspirations to me. I mean, y'all, I mean, you are, you're an inspiration to me. And I'm sure that there are people that are going to tune in and listen and hear your story and you're going to inspire them. And that's the whole reason I wanted to do this was to talk to inspirational people, inspirational dads about where they found success, how they found success, not only for me, but for anybody that you know, somebody's just scrolling through, you know, maybe somebody wakes up and says, you know, I'm going through a divorce or I'm a get kids or whatever. And they're just scrolling through podcasts and they stumble across it. And they're like, well, let me listen and see what, what these people are talking about. Maybe we can inspire somebody. Maybe not. But if we do, I'll consider that a win. You know, if just one person listens to this show and thinks, you know, hey, I'm going to go look into this. And they start researching what digital marketing is. And they, they, they take the Google digital garage course or they take any of the paid courses that are out there and they say you know I want financial freedom I want to be able to stay home with my family and make a decent living and have more more time for what's important instead of going and punching a clock for 10 15 dollars an hour every day and so they decide to go out and learn and then they start their digital marketing journey and they come back and they email or they call and they say hey I heard your show with Robert uh, over there with Condor Media and it inspired me to go and look more into this. And as, as I learned, I figured, hey, this is, this is good for me. I'm good at this. 
and now I'm running a six-figure agency. I'm getting to take trips with my family, and my life has changed completely. If just one person off of one show messages me that and tells me that, I'll consider it a success. I don't need to make Absolutely. I don't need to make a million dollars. I don't need to make any money. Honestly, you know, I don't. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to talk to individuals like yourself, and I'm hoping that somebody that tunes in and listens uh, will also enjoy it and and maybe hell it could change somebody's life that'd be great <laughs> i was having a conversation with my girlfriend very in a similar vein to that just earlier because we're in lockdown again the schools are they're all over it this time last time they they, they were scrabbling they didn't know how to like use zoom essentially now they're like all over it and like they're expecting the kids to be essentially in the classroom but at at home for six like yeah six seven hours of the day but they can't do it unattended so my girlfriend's like pulling her hair out trying to make sure that the the school's expectations are being met and i was saying to her like you're not looking after yourself you need to like take a day off from that like take the kids to the woods and teach them some stuff about the forest or something if you're not looking after yourself you're not looking after them because you'll burn out yeah and um yeah the other thing going along with what you were saying though is the something tony robbins says again is um success without fulfillment is the greatest failure if you're bringing in loads of money and you're not feeling good in yourself and you're not helping the people around you and they're not feeling good, there's no point. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And, and you know, and it's, it's the same, <clears throat> it's the same here. That's a conversation, you know, my fiance and I, one of the, one of the things that, one of the negative things that, that 2020 brought unto us was uh, due to the, the COVID and the shutting the business down and, and things like that we had to postpone our wedding. We were supposed to be married in October of last year. And we still have not, we haven't got to have our wedding yet, uh, which we're hoping will be coming. You know, it's, it's going to be on the horizon here soon. Uh, but, you know, things like that, it can put you in a bad mindset. And, and that's a conversation her and I have quite a bit is, you know, it's when times get hard, you know, there's you can either succumb to it you can you can succumb to to what's happening and you can let it overtake you or you can figure out whatever it is you know figure out the things that you can do to put yourself in the mindset to overcome and yeah. so and you know with with her she my, my fiance is a stay-at-home mom she stays home she takes care of her kids and that is a really a thankless job i mean it really is i mean she i'm gone a lot i'm on the road a lot i travel a lot i spend 90% of my week gone, you know, and, and with me working in sales, uh, I, I, you know, I go out with clients, you know, and, and, and have dinner and things like that. And I'm traveling. I'm so she really spends most of the time here at the house with the kids. So one of the things I always try to stress to her is one, how appreciated she is for it, how much I love her for the time and the energy and the dedication that she puts into being home with our children and taking care of our children. And two, that when that she also has to make time for herself, like you said, that, that she's got to find things that she can do to, to take a break and, and to be able to get out and enjoy herself and, and not forget 
who she is and the things that she loves, as well as time for the two of us to get out. You know, I'm trying to take a night. You know, right now our goal is once a month. Once a month, we, we try to get out and do a date night. We have three kids, you know, between the two of us. So it's, you know, it's not real often that we do get to get out. You know, and we don't really go out a lot as a family because of the COVID stuff. We've got a baby, a six-month-old. So we don't really want to expose him to what's going on out there too much because you never know. I mean, I, I think... Can, I mean, can you do something for me? Yeah, what's up? I, I want your aim to be once a week for date night. And if you can do once a week... 50% of the time, that's still way more than once a month. Yeah, you're right. Once a week, that's a tough one. But I, I, I mean, it's when it goes back to re, you know, your priorities and where you put your energy in life, and that that aligns with with what I'm trying with 2021 for me, which is, you know, my personal happiness, not not mm. financial happiness, personal uh, growth in my life. And and yeah, I mean, we might. Once a week might have to be a, a date night with the wife and the kids, but uh, well, even even if it's like just time for a, a date night at home, yeah, like and make we that do, time for your, for your wife. We do, and we do you try to regret. To, yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I love her. She's my best friend, and uh, and we do try to like do movie nights. They like the like uh, my my oldest son is from a previous relationship, and then uh, my middle daughter is from her previous relationship. And then we have a baby together. But one of the things that, that my oldest son uh, from the previous relationship loves playing video games with my fiance. Like that is their thing. As soon as I pick him up from school, the first question he asks me is, is Miss Ashley home and are we going to play video games? And I'm like, I'm sure y'all will. And as soon as he walks through the door, he don't even care about me being here anymore. He wants to know, is Miss Ashley going to sit down and play video games with him? So, Four-year-old Eddie has just got fully, fully into Xbox. And it's an Xbox 360 that's like 10 years old. He got a Switch for Christmas. Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't care. He's all about the Xbox and he loves it. And he lo like, I'm really proud of him because he really likes Star Wars as well. Oh, my son. <laughs> yes, my oldest is a Star Wars fanatic. The Mandalorian. Did y'all watch The Mandalorian? Finished it this weekend. Yes, excellent. Yeah, that was our that was our tradition. Was the Mandalorian? That was that's that's his thing. He is everything Star Wars, everything Star uh, Wars and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, Eddie's the same actually. Um, the only thing I found disappointing in the Mandalorian was that you could really tell that they'd superimposed Luke Skywalker's face. Oh, on the CGI stuff. Yeah. yeah, it didn't look quite right in the films where they've done like Leia and. And Mark, no, they didn't do Mark Hamill, did they? It was Leia because she passed away after right. the first film was done, wasn't it? Hers, that's believable. Whereas like Mandalorian probably didn't have the same, quite the same budget. It was still a, <laughs> it's still a great show, massively successful yeah. too. So I'm excited to see what what they do with it next. But, well, good deal, man. Well, hey, listen, we've hit an hour. Do you have any? Let's uh, let's leave us some closing thoughts. Uh, some. Some, some closing words of inspiration. And then also, uh, if anybody's interested in reaching out to you to learn more about your business or what you do or how they can get involved, uh, give us your contact info or how you would prefer people to reach out to you. Cool, man. Well, just to go back to what we were talking about with my journey, um, the, you reminded me one of the biggest 
shifts from being like playing in bands growing up with things like Nirvana and Linkin Park and bands like that they're quite negative in their lyrical content and like I was stupid to ever think that like uh, a career of success was going to come from trying to emulate that and the big mindset shift that I made like going into the second lockdown the first lockdown I wasn't quite there and I was like I felt depressed for a good two weeks or so didn't really get anything done because I was like oh god I've got to stay at home this time they announced the lockdown I was like right I'm gonna make this lockdown mine I'm gonna succeed I'm gonna go on a fitness plan and I'm gonna bring on more clients so something else Taylor Welsh talks about is that a weak person in a strong environment is more likely to succeed than a strong person in a weak environment what you need to do is to be able to build your environment to work for you and that starts with mindset and then also like I said auditing what media you're taking in don't don't fall into the trap of watching the news every day because it won't do anything for you you know what I mean and then also surrounding yourself with people that uh, are going to have a positive influence on you. That being said, uh, my name is Robert Duran. Um, you can find my company at condormediauk.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming on again. I, I, it was fun to talk to you again. Sorry we lost uh, everything from the last time you came on, but we'll definitely bring you on again and and see how things are going in, in a, maybe a couple months. And you might be doing six figures a month the next time we talk to you. The, you'll be the first person to know when I'm doing six figures. We'll book it in on the day. All right. Yep. Send me an email and we'll bring you on the show right that day. I'll clear my schedule. Sick. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Be sure to uh, check out our website, which is busydad.com. Uh, to keep up with all of our podcasts, check out our merchandise, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Cheers.